I can't snap with real noise because of the right. Noise. Hey, noise. When, once you're an artist, you're always an artist. And whether I am doing it for like every day or not, it's always going to be there for me. So. Majesty to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an LA princess. For what is a princess if not a leader? And what is a leader if not someone who advocates for change? Here to empower, equip, and inspire our future feminine leaders. This Hello, kingdom your welcomes royal Welcome to the Princess kinds. Project Podcast. So I'm whether you're a prince or a princess, and I'm LA a princess king helping or a you queen, or life. any royal in with between, my master's in, put on your crown and pull up your seat, for the podcast is in, about to begin. With my master's in education and emphasis in social-emotional learning, my, and my background in arts and activism, I am stoked <laughs> to help you live your royal life taking charge of your life taking the leading role because you're the main character we do main character shit over here <laughs> you if you are here you are a princess you are royalty if you are here you are probably a natural leader or hope to be a leader in some form someday whether that's a leader of your own life which is where we're gonna start whether that's just being the leader of your own life and making your own life choices feeling authentic in what you pursue and how you pursue it or being a leader of your family or your business your career your job your community that is what we do here. So we are participating right now in the Princessship Pathway. It is a three-step process that can help you take the leading role in your life. For the past two weeks, we have been getting into it, what the Princessship Pathway is, how it works, and helping people to identify what phase of the Princessship Pathway they are on. The three steps include empower, equip and inspire and these can be applied in any section of your life so if you want to be a part of the princessship pathway all you need to do uh, pick a section of your life whether that's your relationships or a specific relationship your career a job a promotion a business a goal an aspiration an intention a part of your life and you can use these three steps to strengthen your inner world when we look inward and address our self our self-worth then we expand and we start to build our education and practice our skills and get involved with the community then we expand out even further into the future in the inspire stage how can you not only impact your community now but even further out into the future so we can avoid things like burnout and sustainably reach our success and live our and live our leadership sustainably. So go back to episode 11. Episode 11 is where we introduce the princessship pathway. You will get a much larger you'll get a much more in-depth explanation of what each step is and what the person in each step looks like. There's lots of examples. So if you identify with any of the people in the empower inspire within the empower, equip, or inspire phase, you found your phase. <laughs> not everyone, everyone is in a different place in their life and not everyone is going to start at the first step, empower. So go back to episode 11 where you get a, where you get an in-depth definition of what it is and hopefully you can find your, your, where you lie on the pathway. Then Go back and then go listen to episode 12, which uh, was an interview with Courtney Co Coffey, and she is actually an empowerment mindset coach. She is going to tell us all about her empowerment, her equip phase, and how she is working to inspire not only others but herself on a continual basis, how she is looking towards the future, building, growing, and making a change. So in episode 11, we have a description. 
in episode 11, we really get into what the princess ship pathway is. In episode 12, Courtney Coffey gives us a great overview of the entire pathway. And then last week, episode 13, we really got into the gritty of the empowerment stage. The empowerment stage in the princess ship pathway is when we look inward and we find that little spark in ourself. It is, I can be the leader of my own life and I will be the leader of my own life. It is looking in and acknowledging your self-worth, your inherent worthiness, and your unique gifts, then deciding to do something about them. So if you want a, so in order to learn more about the empowerment stage, so in order to get even more, so even to understand more specifically about the empowerment stage, if you feel like the empowerment stage is a stage you are currently in, go listen to last week's episode. We talk all about how someone in the empowerment stage most uh, will feel at the moment the struggles that you're facing the insecurities, and we will work on how to develop that spark, that drive, that moment before you decide to do something different, that second before you get going. Because because you are good enough and you are worth the space and the time and the effort and the difficult conversations and and you are worth the failures. You're worth way more than the possibility of failures. And You have the capability to try and try again. But this is the moment where you decide to try because you're worth it. We're going to work on getting you out of your comfort zone, your stuck place, uh, and a negative mindset that you're probably working with about yourself. In this phase, this is where you decide that you are a princess. I have been there myself. When I finally decided that I was a princess, it gave me the opportunity to have such a, to change my mindset completely. I have decided that I am a princess and that is now how I think of myself, how I think of my community as my kingdom. And I feel empowered by that. So in the empowerment stage, We are going to crown you. It is your coronation, baby. (laughs) And we are going to find where your inner power lies, what your your natural strengths are, and gaining the self-assurance that you are going to be more than fine. You are going to be okay. All right. You are even going to be successful. Because after all, you are royalty. So go back to last week's episode. So go back to last week. So go back to last week's episode, episode 13, to learn a little bit more about the empowerment stage and what you can do to help develop to uh, strategies you can take on in order to access to participate in your own self-development in this empower stage. Today, I'm joined by Hannah Stein, and she has an empowerment story <laughs> that I just love. I have the privilege of knowing Hannah from our high, from our college. I have the privilege of knowing Hannah from our college years, and even and I was so I was so privileged to be able to watch her journey. Um, I really feel like I watched her grow up, and just talking to her. Now it's so different. I feel like I can hear it in her voice. I feel like I can hear her journey in her voice and her demeanor. If you met her while we did the uh, live interview on Instagram. She is a California native, just like me, turned local New Yorker. (laughs) She is a California native turned New York local. And her story is 
it just inspires me. She is a New York City-based marketer, writer, performer, and self-proclaimed comfort zone denier. (laughs) In 2021, she moved by herself from California to New York City and has been sharing her journey since on her blog. She focuses on intentionality, pursuing your deepest desires, taking risks, and the creativity and power of storytelling. Her bravery and personal integrity is paramount in her story, and I believe that she is the perfect person to discuss phase one of the princess ship pathway. We are going to continue this week with our deep dive into the first phase, empowerment. Because her personal, because Hannah Stein's personal empowerment journey was distinct, difficult, and and ultimately successful. Just like you who are also in the empowerment stage, she was feeling as if she was not worthy enough to be a princess or a leader and struggled with insecurities and that feeling of being stuck. She felt held back by her circumstances like in college and decided to change them. I don't want to give too much away because I want to let her tell her own story and but she overcame her insecurities and decided to start something new. She decided it was time for her to go after the life that she wanted. So she took a risk and she did it. If you have felt as if you are, if you have ever felt as if you are not worthy enough to be a princess or a leader, or you struggle with insecurities that often block you off from starting new things, she has wisdom to share with you. If you feel stuck or held back and the beginning seems overwhelming or impossible, Hannah and I have the tools and strategies to help you overcome these challenges so you can start taking the lead in your own life. (laughs) Hannah and I really bond over this because we have both had similar life experiences that propelled us to lead a self-led life, and I am so excited to introduce you to her. So... Without any further ado, it is my honor to introduce you to Hannah Stein. Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. It's so nice to have you on, Hannah. Thank you for having me. I am so thrilled to be here and I love this mission and all that you're doing. So thank you Aww, for having me. That's so sweet. I I am so excited um, to dive into your wisdom and knowledge because I know, I know there is so much, oh, juiciness <laughs> that you are going to be able to give us. Um, for those of us who are in the empower stage of the princess ship pathway. It is the knowledge that you have what it takes to just try, to just go for that first step of anything. Hannah, Hannah Stein, before we get too far into this, will you please tell the listeners a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, what's important to you, uh, so we get a little bit of context for the wise words coming from our wise woman. Oh, thanks. Um, a little bit about myself. My name is Hannah. I moved last year from California to New York City without knowing a single human um, other than some, you know, long lost connections that I was able to reconnect with. But um, I am a marketer, so I work in marketing. I fully remote, but living in New York. I, uh, in my free time, love to still perform and pursue that. So I still consider myself a performer. And then I also, um, let's see. What else about myself? I can't snap with real noise because of the right? noise. Hey, noise. When, once you're an artist, you're always an artist. And whether I am doing it for like every day or not, it's always going to be there for me. So, Ah, oh, that's so lovely. And really an artistic background takes you so far. It gives you so much empathy and like you were saying, context for the world so that we can really understand what's going on and what we're working with. 
Absolutely. Our world has an empathy problem. Absolutely. So theater is what allows us to understand the emotions of others. I speak on theater specifically, but definitely art in general. Um, and I think that entertainment in general does that while entertainment is sometimes seen as a dirty word. It is so important to who we are as humans and that storytelling goes beyond us. Um, and so I am more than happy to speak on how the importance of the arts contributes to feeling empowered. Oh, I love it. I was actually substitute teaching today for a whole group of seventh graders doing a lesson about empathy. Mm. And it was actually amazing how many questions I got where they, they just didn't understand what to do. Like they were confused about the instructions, but not, um, not because the instructions were misleading or bad or anything like that, but that because they couldn't understand uh putting empathy into practice you know absolutely absolutely and I think the any kind of mimicking or the arts really allows that to be demonstrated because you can't learn how to name emotions unless you see them and learn how so that's so important and why I love your background too and social emotional <laughs> stuff because that's yeah amazing. oh thank you I'm it's a lot of freaking work, man. And <laughs> it is. I have so much respect for you. I was fortunate enough to grow up with a mom um, in education and is now a principal. And oof, it is tough work. Oh, girl, you know it. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is awesome. One of the reasons I really wanted to have Hannah on the show is because we have so many similarities and the struggles and um the risks we have taken have been pretty similar in our lives we got to know each other through college you were one year uh one year younger than me that sounds right yeah I graduated in 2019 it was like the last normal graduation oh, lucky you no I yeah. technically would have been 21 but I graduated early because I hated COVID college so I got out of there Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> we met in theater, which is a the theme of this conversation. <laughs> and that was so Who fun. doesn't love theater? You know? Right. Who doesn't? We're adding ourselves as, as theater nerds. That's okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, theater is never going to be able to be separate from anything that I do, anything that, um, especially that I speak on, just because it was such a huge formation of, like, my life. Um, and I'm sure that you definitely can identify with that too. Definitely. And then, you know, now as an adult, when I'm not in like programmed amounts of shows every year, like trying to figure out what that means, it's quite a journey. The journey from leaving college to being a real adult and on your own, I don't think people talk about it enough. It is jarring to go from this scheduled programming to you're on your own. Hope that these four years did it for you. <laughs> yeah. Finally being able to decide who you are and who you want to be and your, your next steps. Like you are the only one. And I, I very firmly believe this. You are the only person who knows what's best for you. There's nobody yes. else. Maybe yes. your parents and your professors and your friends want what's best for you, but they don't, no, the only person who can know is you. And you're carving that path for yourself because other people have figured out what they want for them. And there is some kind of expectation or standard, but you have to follow what your, you know, truest, deepest desires are because they wouldn't be in your brain unless they were meant to happen. So you have to follow through whatever that means to you. For me, for example, um, I love being able to have a nine to five career and being in marketing. Like that is a great thing that is getting fulfilled in me. Um, and while I love performing and would love to pursue that too, I knew that if I was going to be a performer, I, I couldn't go the starving artist route. Like that is just not my path. Can we and talk I about have, that, please? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have so much, so much respect for people who do that. I have so many great friends who are doing that and I know they're going to kill it one day when they do make it. But for me, that just wasn't my path. And so while it's not what's expected, like I really love the journey that I am going on. Wonderful. Oh, you are such an empowered lady. I yeah. love, I love it <laughs> because when I met you, you, you were younger than me sure. and you were younger than you are now, obviously. So <laughs> listening to how much you have personally matured and um, grown in your self-confidence is 
just really wonderful because that was something I always really hoped for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I ever told you this, but it was something I was always really, um, really, really hoping for you. So let's, let's get into it. My friend, when you hear the word empower, because empower is the first step of the princess, uh, the princess ship pathway. When you hear the word, what does empowerment mean to you? To me, it is all about intrinsic thoughts and feelings towards yourself. I really try to take away the views of others from what makes me empowered. So trying to find that within myself and something I learned in this move and in pursuing what I want is that I can do anything I I want. Like I set my mind to, if I believe that it's in my brain, then I can make it happen. Um, And so that's what empowerment is to me. It's knowing that I have it within myself and that I can do whatever I set my mind to. Um, And that of course does not mean that the problems go away just because Mm. I have that mindset. Oh my gosh, are they there? (laughs) But it does get me the strength that I can make it work. And like, if I've gotten this far, how much further can I get? So Like there's nothing stopping me. And that's what empowerment is really about. Believing that you can. Yes. Knowing that's the difference for me, but belief and knowing, because if you, you know, have any hesitation that can really, for me, at least makes, makes a big difference. Absolutely. That knowing that belief in yourself though, is not innate. It is not something that you're expected to be born with. It's not something you either have you don't have and and that's it it doesn't go with your personality and it doesn't say anything about who you are as a person but you can create that for yourself and so that is what we want to do in this empowerment stage we want to help our viewers um our listeners find ways where they can build that for themselves because before you do anything you have to believe that you can. That's why empowers the first step. Heck yeah. So when do you think that that shift was for you? Because I've had the privilege to know you um, when you were younger and now, there has been a definite shift. I can even tell, just like talking to you. So that shift from, oh, I probably can't, or I'm probably not cut out for this or something like that. Where was that? shift into, yes, I can, and I'm deciding to do so. It doesn't really have to be like the worst day of your life sure. but <laughs> or the hardest moment, but when you accepted your challenges and that you were ready to take responsibility for your own life. That is a great question. And I wish I had some really cool story where it just clicked with me, but it's so progressive. I would say like going into third year of college, I was in a weird place and what I wanted and who I was surrounding myself with and kind of what my goals were and not really fully coming into my own yet. So throughout my third year, kind of trying different things, exploring. And then when COVID hit, it, you know, like everyone forced us to kind of reevaluate who we were. Mm -hmm. And I took that opportunity to reassess what my priorities were. And when it comes down to it, they were myself and seeing who I really was, trying new things, and being okay with not really knowing what that was yet, because I realized that there was a unique path that I was on, and that I could only create for myself. And so whatever things that were making me insecure, which were all related to something outside of me, wasn't something I can control, and Mm -hmm. was never in my control. So something that felt empowering was taking the power back of those situations where I didn't feel like myself. Oh, my friend. Yes. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. Yeah. I mean, I think I like the day to day, there's not a lot of difference, but like the year to year is when you're like, oh, who is that? Like I journal now almost every day and every once in a while, I just like to go back and read what I said about myself. And I was like, girly pop, uh, are you okay? (laughs) Why did you spend so much time thinking about X, Y, Z thing? Like it, right. We only have, I'm about to go on many tangents, but we only have 100% let's of our energy. Let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> we only have 100% of our energy. And for me to spend so much time journaling about whatever nonsense craziness that I allowed that to happen. So it's just really cool to have these kind of self-reflection moments of, it 
patting yourself on the back for how far you've come because it's so easy for me to get lost in what's next and the to-do list and all of that but to like be able to take a step back and go oh yeah I did that it's so important I would bet you money that your day-to-day difference is more than you would think (laughs) yeah just the fact like I mean I'm pulling examples out of my personal experience, getting up and getting a glass of water instead of soda or whatever. (laughs) That's a big deal for me personally. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now that I read before bed and so instead of going on TikTok, I'm a new woman. I look at me. I read. I have a Kindle. Girl, you are a woman. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. 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 So let's start back in 2020, your senior year of college before you were uh, your full-fledged self. Yeah. Uh, I would love to talk a little bit about what your college experience was like and how you were feeling at the time. Um, Because that was, that was your before stage. So let's set the scene. Um, How are you feeling your senior year of college uh, or even the college experience? Uh, How did that affect you? You know, I certainly did not peak in college. I will say that. Um, (laughs) I think college for me was to fill an expectation of what I thought college should be like. So I was the business major, which I'm grateful I got that degree. Don't get me wrong, but I was the business major. I tried a sorority and the sorority brought me great friendships, but did die um, while I was in it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the whole sorority or you just left? Yeah, no, they, they shut it down uh, while I was in it and living in the sorority house because of lack of recruitment because we weren't making them enough oh, money. But, I, but you know what? It brought me my friends and I have no hate. It, it did what it needed to do. Um, so I was doing that and it allowed me to also focus more on theater because while I was a business major, I spent way more time in that theater department. Uh, shout out Josh, who got me my internship in college, which led to my job that brought me to New York. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as like the day-to-day college experience was really a what's next. Like I always knew that in college, I was like, like freshman year, oh, I can't wait to be a senior. And then when I was in my last year of college, oh, I can't wait till I don't have to do this, you know, rat race of college and can go and live my own life. So it was always the what's next. And so I never really was in the moment as much because I knew that there was something out there bigger that was waiting for me. We can always like cut this out if this is too yeah. personal for you in the podcast. But I I recognize your game in college. And as a third party, as your friend, I felt like in college you were severely underestimated and not appreciated as much as you should have been. And so watching you pick up your whole life in a very short amount of time and say, I'm going to go for it and move to New York. And now you are this just boss ass bitch (laughs) has been so, I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so happy that you are finally getting the recognition you deserve as well as the opportunities that you deserve. So go you. Thank you. See, this is the pat on the back that I should give myself some more. Um, But it's interesting that it seems like my New York move was quick or sudden from like an outsider perspective, because for me, like it was kind of inevitable. So as the good Jewish teen girl I was, I went to Jewish summer camp and that was in Pennsylvania. And I remember landing in New Jersey Um, and we were driving away from the Manhattan skyline towards Pennsylvania. And I remember looking at that skyline. I was 15, 16. Yeah. I remember looking at the New York skyline and going, I'm going in the wrong direction. There was some, there was like some real feeling that I was going in the wrong direction. And I'm, so it was always in the back of my mind that this was an option. I just never thought I could do it and make it happen for myself. So when um, my theater professor, our theater professor, decided to recommend me for a theater marketing internship that I got, um, that that led me to my theater marketing job out in New York, it was like, it was a no brainer. Like this was my foot in the door and my way to get out here. Wait, so did you do your your internship in person? I did. It was one week before COVID happened and it, (gasps) uh, yeah, it was so sad, but it was in, it was in San Luis Obispo. So it's like- theater marketing agency in San Luis Obispo. They're amazing. 
um, they allowed me to work remotely for a bit for them. So that allowed me to continue working for them. And then they still got to know me enough to be able to recommend me to. Oh, wonderful. You had all this stuff going on behind the scenes, working on yourself. That sounds like your equip stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, in your internship slash moving Mm -hmm. to New York, like um, preparing you. A hundred percent. And to also have friends and family who were very supportive of it. Like I was even more equipped because I had such a great, great people to be able to lean on. That's so vital to this whole journey. And you never would have been able to get there, let alone to the third step, Inspire, which you're doing with me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you didn't first say, yes, I can. Yes. And yes, I will. Because those things can still be very different. They can, absolutely. Because, you know, once you're taking the action, it's much different than just pondering it. Absolutely. Because that mental breakdown I had before my flight to New York, that'll tell you. I, <laughs> oh, was... girl, will you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, I was so ready to move to New York. I had my six suitcases packed, about to leave. And I hugged my parents goodbye. I might tear up just thinking about it because that it's is the okay. hardest thing about moving across the country is missing family, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so fortunate to be able to miss a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I like started hugging my, my parents and both my sisters and I like lost it. I have experience with definitely getting a little panicky. Um, and I've learned how to, you know, cope in the best way, but that was really tough where I felt like, what am I doing? I just am making this big change in my life. And it's that ego, that part of you that holds you back that like tells you you're doing the right thing because it's, it wants you to stay what's safe and stay what's what you know, but knowing like deep down that I was meant to be making this journey was what made me yeah. get on that plane. Cause the journey feels so much bigger than you. And it is, you know, mm-hmm. our, our story, our life is bigger than any, anything that can be contained in my body, mm-hmm. you know, including my emotions and my thoughts and my past and my future. So when we have to come up against the realness and the bigness of that decision, that can be really, really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So taking it in these little bites with empower, equip and inspire, I really hope will help people to kind of break, break it down these big chunks. And also knowing that it's a cycle, like just because you're, you've gotten somewhere in one part of your life and that, and that journey doesn't mean there's other parts that you're still at a different stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not all just one thing. Yeah. Everybody is so many things. And that's what makes us beautiful. (laughs) Okay. One direction. (laughs) It's what makes you beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I think talking about the journey to get to New York was a big part of becoming empowered. So jumping into what it's like in New York. So we were just talking about the girl you were in college Mm -hmm. and we talk about, uh, you know, in spiritual or self-help circles, uh, as we are currently in, we're, we are a self-help, self-improvement circle. Yeah, shamelessly. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I was a, I'm, I'm a self-help junkie and I have been since college. And I was like, I got to stop being depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the power back. Exactly. And now it's just fun. And I feel like I've grown enough to where I'm ready to help other people um, get out of similar spots. So that's how I felt in college. I was, I was, uh, how do I put this nicely? I was like, a re- I felt very much like I was in recovery mm. from my self-hate, my self-loathing and my suicidal thoughts. So when I look back at that girl, it's a lot like looking back at my inner child mm. or my inner teenager. Something I always like to think about is like, we're always 13. And yes. now I'm realizing I also have this girl in me who is in college. You know, she's 18 to 20 years old. So looking back at that girl, how do you feel similar or different to college you mm. and present you? That is actually a great question. And I think it's so healthy to be able to like look back at those things because it's so easy because I go into embarrassment mode very easily. I was like, oh, I did that when I was 18. And, 
but it's so like recognizing that that's who you were and like you needed to be that person to be who you are now. Um, so I look back at that person, um, and want to say like, you didn't have to fulfill what you thought a freshman in college is supposed to do or, or anything like that. Like this path that I thought I had to go on, of course I went on it and it got me here. So I'm only grateful, but such a different person. And I was in a headspace that was just searching for my people, searching for who I was. What did I like going from a very different environment to no one? Like my first year of college, I was, it was bad. Like I was incredibly homesick and just trying to find my footing. And then as I got more freedom, as college went on, I was able to like find where I felt like I belonged, but it never was to the extent that I feel belonging now living the life that I feel like I have all the power in. Um, and so that is a big difference between now and then. I'm so proud of you. I just love <laughs> listening to you talk. I feel like you empower and equip and inspire me. L- listening to your story makes me makes me want to try, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's why you're here. So after looking back, comparing your life then to now, since living in New York, Mm-hmm. What has your life been like since you got there? Because um, it's been like two years. It actually was just a year last month. A year. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You've done so much in just a year. <laughs> I figured it must be like at least two. Okay. Lay yeah. it on us, babe. It's crazy. Yeah. The All the adventures. Um, You know, the culture shock at first was very intense. Like you, the lack of safety like inherently living in New York city is real. So, and that's, if we look at like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, like that is number one that you need to have in order to do everything else. So that has always been something to think about. Um, Teacher talk. I love it. Yeah. It's true though, because like, if like not feeling safe when you just want to leave your apartment is, is real. So for those of you, I'm so sorry. For those of you who don't know Maslow's hierarchy of needs basically says you have to uh, account for your basic survival needs before you can excel uh, educationally, personally, professionally. So needs like food, water, shelter, safety, those baseline needs have to be met before you can uh, reach self-actualization, which is what we are reaching for um, when we get to the inspire stage. So we're starting that um in ourself, we could kind of think about this as like uh, Maslow's heart needs. I don't know. Now go. I'm getting ridiculous. No, I, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> so New York is, you know, adjusting to that, um, adjusting to not knowing many people. But what's been the coolest thing is really getting to establish the people I get to choose to be around and feeling so fortunate for the people who are choosing to be around me, like really finding my people is, has been huge and like a big part of my journey. I have a lovely spiritual mentor who has kind of, you know, has heard me say, Oh, I want community. Oh, I want community over and over again. And what I learned is that that takes time. There's no magic wand where it's like, I have BFFs that have known me for years. Like that's not how it works. So that has been a big part of my journey in the past year is finding the folks that make me feel like myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a big part of it. Learning to navigate, um, a city that is so like will eat you alive or you know what, what is, what's oh you say that with such sweetness yes um, <laughs> you know if you can make it here you can make it anywhere <laughs> yeah that's my New York accent for you I, hey, I, I, I will say I'm walking you like I'll do the I'll do the whole bit for you mm-hmm. can we have some coffee coffee <laughs> let's get together for some coffee and we'll get a bagel ah <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than a New York bagel. You said it. <laughs> so I'm someone who has long time, I felt like identified as someone who has trouble making friends. Mm. And especially after COVID, being so secluded and isolated for so long, finding your people, finding that network, um, finding your support group that you choose how, what advice could you give us about that? Um, in terms of, I guess I always just feel really weird when I ask people to hang out Yeah, and I don't always feel like it's super well received. Mm. Uh, what's your advice on that? 
Well, for me, the fear of not having people is greater than the fear of embarrassing myself. Mm. So I've become shameless when it comes to that. The other big pro about New York is so many people are transplants who want friends too. So you're in an mm. environment where everyone's like, yes, please, let's get a drink. So that <laughs> helps a ton. Um, the ability to just be okay with going up to people is huge. Um, I have some friends who are great examples of that much better than I am, but just being able to be open because everyone wants connection. And so being open to just exploring that with random people you see on the street or, um, I've made a ton of friends in very weird ways. And the nice thing is that they introduce you to others and you just get to like build a network. So, and also recognizing, like I said, it takes time, but that is, that is huge is being able to feel okay approaching others. And if that's not your style, there are, there are apps for making friends. So that is a great way to like put yourself out there in a way that, you know, the situation is to make friends. So, you know, everyone's intentions going into it. That is really good advice. Go somewhere uh, where, you know, there are people with similar needs, intentions, or I don't know, goals as you. Absolutely. And that also goes with just doing the things you love. Those having friends that have common interests is, of course, very important. So, you know, I love theater. So taking an acting class where I can meet other folks who mm. like that. While I don't love sports, I did do a um, adult soccer league and I made some friends there as well. So just being willing to, you know, do the things that you love and hope that the right people come along. Uh, and then the other thing would be not being shy to reach out to connections of connections. Because if you know someone who knows someone who knows someone, they could be your best friend. So asking the people you already know if they have any recommendations yeah and then they come with uh references references exactly <laughs> you wouldn't date someone out on the street without a reference oh, at least yeah. I probably wouldn't mine <laughs> mine came with many a reference very good very good talking about you know not being shy or you know going up to people uh I feel like if I'm sitting at the bar and I'm hoping to make friends or if I'm sitting anywhere, really, I say to myself, oh, there's a person over there that seems chill. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to like go say hello, introduce myself, but something powerful, like a, the force, the dark side sometimes makes me feel like I'm stuck to my seat. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like gravity is just holding me. Um, and I feel held back almost like by my own body, even though I know it's totally a mental thing. So that also goes with like tasks, you mm -hmm. know, and my business and my business is still very new. Um, so editing a podcast or planning a lesson plan for teaching uh, or even like a home improvement project, it just feels like I can't get started sometimes and that is where our empowerment folks are living that uh want the want to go say hello but feeling attached to the seat or attached to their home so when it comes to those big things like moving across the country those fears are even bigger since you start out with the small ones mm -hmm. the the difficult things to start are already there. So what is your experience of cultivating the drive? I feel like a uh, drive is a really good uh, core word for the empowerment stage. Um, what, how do you create that drive in yourself, that mm -hmm. spark that can get you off the couch, out of your chair, and all of a sudden you are walking towards that person? Yeah. For me, it's just, I want to learn. I want to explore. And it's just a part of who I am. And I want to get out of my comfort zone. And so I know I can't do that by waiting and hesitating. Like I get to take control of what my life is. And that is going out and doing that and fulfilling a desire that I want. And oh, I get held back all the time. Like I will easily stay in on a Friday night instead of going and doing something. Don't get me wrong. And that's honoring that desire. So it is fulfilling what your deepest 
want and hope is and being okay with that discomfort that's going to come with going after it. Like going, approaching someone new. Oh my gosh. I still get nervous. <laughs> I get weird. I usually just go for a compliment because that's a great way to break the ice with someone. Oh my God. I love your shoes. <laughs> oh my God, girl. Thanks. Here's my number. <laughs> well, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. So I think starting with what you feel the most comfortable with. So if there is some goal you have, like what is the baby step for me right now, getting out of my comfort zone is going to an audition for a show or something. Yeah. That is so daunting to me right now. So what I'm working on is just doing what I love, which is to sing, which is to just go to karaoke. Maybe I'll record it. And oh then my I gosh. Can move from there. Me too. Me too. I've been so afraid to sing in public and I have not gone anywhere near an audition since before COVID mm-hmm. and my friends took me to karaoke and I thought well one I was shocked at the terror that I had oh my and gosh. then two uh-huh. I realized this is a really safe space for me to practice getting out of my comfort zone practice being afraid and doing it anyway I love what you said there can you take those baby steps and make them even tinier, tinier little baby steps, you know, mm-hmm. like even just singing karaoke. What I, what I do is I sing the karaoke tracks to, on YouTube at home or in my car. And that counts. Even Absolutely. if I'm by myself, that is taking that, that baby step of getting to an audition into so many literal, littler steps that I feel like I can swallow. Yes. And also it's the difference between I want to and I have to. So I want to sing. I want to practice. I have to audition. But if I can move that, that intention from need or have to, to just because I plain old desire it, like that is a huge motivator for me. It seems like we're always being told that we should monetize our enjoyments Mm-hmm. oh, like if you're going to be a singer, you need to go to auditions. You know, you don't, you don't have to. That doesn't have to be your path. And because I had that kind of a mindset, like, oh, if I'm going to like acting at all, I have to be a professional actor. I have to go to auditions. That robbed me of so much joy, probably since I was like nine and I recently, like in the past, like two years, rebuilt my love for theater because it was a have to for so long. It, it was. And that's one of the reasons. And we haven't touched into it yet, but I actually don't even work at my old company anymore in theater. Um, what do you mean? I work, still work in marketing, but I work at a different organization that's not related to the arts. What is it? Because you were working for a licensing house. Yes. Are you like not allowed to say the name? Oh, I can. Um, it's called Broadway Licensing. I okay. was working there for a bit and it was a great opportunity to learn like if I am going to keep, if I want to work in theater, that maybe I want to keep it in my life in my five to nine and not my nine to five. So I pursued a different opportunity. And so that was a great learning curve for me. Like I moved to New York, I got a new job, but it was, it's been a big change too. We, we touched a little bit earlier on like the idea of the starving artist. And honestly, I yes. think that's a capitalistic idea designed to keep you yeah. poor. Saying, yeah. oh, it's so honorable to be broke, broke and, and doing arts. Your art's only good if you're coming from a yeah. broken, <laughs> broken bank account. And meanwhile, the people at the top are not feeling that way. <laughs> no. So. Mm-mm. They still go to yoga class. They go to color me mine. Color me mine. Uh-huh. And and they're they're not sweating it at all. No, no. And not to say that taking that path is wrong if that what's what feels good to you, but that but just it really is a wasn't... cultural narrative. It that's is designed to keep you hold you back. It is. I feel very fortunate to have like gotten to give it a shot a bit, and then to be like, you know what? It's it's not like I love the arts, but I don't need to do in this side of it because it wasn't like seeing how the sausage sausage gets made it's different it's icky it's icky. there's like cats and stuff in there yeah my miss told me that <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah yeah uh a good theater but who hamilton um room where it happens oh yes yeah, yeah. 
you identify as someone it is, it is within you you said the want is greater than the fear of embarrassment yes although that might feel natural to you and that is totally valid it is actually a way of viewing yourself which is a lot more purposeful than you might think creating drive is totally possible and we can distract ourselves by believing um that a person's sense of drive is natural and innate. You can't do anything about it. But I think that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally avoid labeling this as truth because I, I have the tendency to be like, oh, there's a, there's this universal truth. I don't know anything about truth. And you know what? Anybody who says they do, I, they don't know. They don't. Mm-mm. Anyway. to avoid that label I believe drive one comes and flows and two that drive can be built and cultivated so how do you cultivate the flow of your drive because some days your drive is gonna feel really hot and you're gonna get ready to go on that treadmill and run 16 miles and other days you won't but that's okay but knowing that your next 16 mile drive is on the way, how do you cultivate that for yourself? It's really about balance. Having those days where I'm just very driven to sit on TikTok and do nothing <laughs> and being like, okay with that. But having like, I'm a, a morning girly. I go to the gym almost every morning before work. And that is because it makes my the rest of my day better. Like is getting up hard? Totally. But the outcome is so worth that initial annoyance. So for me, drive is about being intentional with everything that I say and that I do and the actions I take, because that is what makes me feel like I have some kind of purpose that is to fulfill what I want and what I desire and that ambition, but also to see how I can serve others and not just because I'm so just personally like in myself motivated. Now I'm like learning how can I use this to help others and to make it outside of myself. Girl, there are so many different languages that we use to talk about finding ourselves, finding the life that we want, including using things like feng shui or the zodiac or um, yoga, even self-help, self-improvement, self-love, self-care. And as long as you are living authentically for what you want, that's, that's all you need. Whatever language, uh, that helps you describe that or to process that. One of those words that really struck me when you were talking was the word purpose. You used the word purpose. I guess I have a back and forth with that word. Sometimes I tell myself that purpose doesn't really exist, but you have made me think purpose is simply pursuing you. Yeah. I mean, going back with you, going back to those different theories and, you know, spiritualities, there is a belief that we have a soul contract for what we were meant to do and learn in this life. And that was our purpose. So a part of me does believe in that. So maybe that's my purpose, whatever I decided before I got here, but even now just, taking it day by day to what does bring me joy. And I don't, I, you know, I don't have a five-year plan. I don't have a 10-year plan. Me neither. Nobody really does. Nobody really does. <laughs> but there's so much purpose other than that. And, and what I love about the role that I play at work and friendships and with my, like, and who I am to myself is about that intentionality of being okay when there's no purpose and also being okay when there is a purpose because I find joy in it or it's tough. I, I love a challenge. So doing something mm. that's hard, all of it, like that's a purpose. And every story has a conflict. Every story has, you know, the hero's journey typically, and you are the hero of that journey. So when you are in that empowerment stage, it's all about recognizing one, yes, I am the lead character in this story. And two, I, I can't, I can be the main character of the story. That's how it's supposed to be. And I'm going to start acting like it because I deserve it. And no one else can for you. Like it is all up to you. Yeah. And whatever limiting beliefs are, are within yourself to find a way around or through. Definitely. Limiting beliefs and ridiculous social narratives 
Oh, it's it's tough. Yeah. Imposter syndrome Awful. is real. I know. I've been feel I've been feeling that big time. Imposter syndrome for me has lately also been making me feel lonely. Tell me more. Um wow, that's the first time anyone's ever asked me that on my podcast. Thank you. Man. That's so sweet. <laughs> um you know, honestly, it's a lot about the podcast and um I look at where I want the podcast to go and I think to myself, "Oh, I'm not doing anything quickly enough." But you know what? I can think back to my empower stage when I was freaking out because I just moved to Los Angeles, crashing at my aunt and uncle's house. I had a little money saved, no job, no plan of where to live or what to do. And having that major freak out like you had at the airport, Mm -hmm. major, major freak out. I thought I was going to quit and go home and... (laughs) I, I, I thought I was going to run back to my parents and there was a definite switch that happened over the course of, I would say one to three days where I just decided I'm a princess. I'm a princess now. And this is my kingdom. And I, (laughs) I own everything in LA. Heck yeah, you do. I like that energy. And so, yeah, maybe I was like faking it, but now I feel I identify now with the term princess, you know, I have adopted that as a part of myself. So now that's a new way of looking at myself. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy when you believe it, even if you fake believe it, it becomes a part of who you are in your subconscious. And then you make decisions that follow that. Fake it till you make it um, idea is actually in our next step. And so it's so great that as we are wrapping up this discussion, we're actually leading towards that, the fake it till you make it uh, idea. And that comes up really strongly in the second phase after empower, which is equip, getting you from feeling like you fake it to making it. So my friend, you are a writer, you're a marketer, you are an actor, you're a producer, and you are a blogger. I love your blog. (laughs) And how can the kingdom find you? Where can we find you out in cyberspace so that we can all connect with you uh, and invite you into our community as well? Absolutely. So um, I'm big on Instagram at hannah.stein. Don't spell my name backwards. You won't find me. I'm kidding. It's a palindrome. (laughs) And then the the dyslexic chick could get it (laughs) and spell it. Proud of you. Um, And then my blog is Hannah blogs about, um, and there's just like some nuggets of information. Talk about doing things as I want to and not because I have to. I write when I want to. And sometimes it's like six months in between, but Hey, it happens. What is your um, tag on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok? And could you also spell it for our listeners in case they're away from the internet or maybe they're driving? Great. My Instagram is hannah.stein, H-A-N-N-A-H, period, Stein, S-T-E-I-N. And if you find the girl, the curly girl with uh, short hair there, that's me. Actually, it's long now. Never mind. Um, and then my TikTok, I don't really use, but if you want to see some cringy college content, that is Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H underscore Stein, S-T-E-I-N-N, two N's on that one. <laughs> I was on TikTok as a, as a watcher before it was cool. And I wish I took the, the handle Hannah, but can't go back. I relate. I probably watched TikTok for like two years before I ever made a video. Yeah. My back hurts from being such a trendsetter. <laughs> From carrying the weight of the, yeah. Speaking of, I have one final question for you. Are you ready? This is the big one. This is the question that everyone gets asked on this show. This is the reason why we're here uh, to get tools and strategies about how we can empower ourselves to live our royal life. So Hannah, what is one tip that you would give us for living your royal life? My tip would be to follow your truest desires and feeling like you are empowered to live the life of your dreams. So beautiful. Oh, my friend, it has been so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. I will link all of her social media and her blog 
on the show notes. And I really hope to have you back. If you, if you ever have any free time and you want to come hang out in the kingdom, you are always welcome, my friend. Thank you. You're the best. I am so proud of her. Oh, folks, like if you knew her when she was in college and listening to her now, you can just tell there's something so beautiful and she allows herself to be big. She's not restricting herself into this tight little box anymore. And she has thrived, thrived. And what did it take? What was that first step? She had to apply for the job, right? She had to buy her plane ticket. She had to pack her suitcase and she had to hug her parents goodbye and get on that plane. That first step is so scary, but so empowering. And you can do that too. That moment before where you know, yes, I can and and decide, yes, I will. What a great example of the empowerment stage. I hope that you folks really, I hope that you guys gained a lot of value. I hope that you folks gained, I hope you folks gained a lot of juiciness and wisdom from her. She is so graceful. She's such a princess. She's so graceful in her wisdom. And it's just luscious to talk to her. (laughs) Do not forget to give her a little follow. Say hello on the gram. And go read her blog. It is great. No lie. It is great. This week, my question for you is, have you ever moved across the country? And what was that like for you? And if you haven't, would you ever, would you ever consider it? What would it take for you to start that journey, start that process of moving to another country or across the country? A big move. <laughs> I, I swear, California is like a whole different world than New York. So what would it take? What would it take for you to take a leap like that? Food for thought. Maybe those will be in the journal prompts this week. I don't know. Next week, we're going to be back and getting into the equip phase. Next week is going to be a deep dive of the equip phase. How do you build your education, especially outside of a school setting? Because a lot of times it's just not enough. And a lot of times it's also not specific enough for the kingdom circumstances and leadership that you specifically want to bring to your community. So how do we build our education on our own? How do we build a community that keeps us accountable to be lifelong learners? Ha <laughs> ha, teacher lingo. <laughs> and how do we start to practice our skills, our leadership skills? What opportunities, what small dips in the sand can, what resources can we look to as opportunities to practice our leadership skills and our development? I'm going to have some great guests on with you for all from all different aspects of leadership uh, in the equip stage because wherever you are seeking to take responsibility in your life, wherever you feel like you want, wherever you feel led to lead, you are going to need a different set of, you are going to need a different specialization of your education and you have total control over that we're going to get into how do you do that and how do you start building your skills and how do you start strengthening those skills so when you put leadership on your resume you mean it (laughs) i am so excited about the princess the princessship pathway we are one third of the way through of it if you let me know on social media get into those dms uh comment get into those dms let me know what phase you are in and i can always create more free specific content for you if we get lots of messages and you all tell us that you're all in the inspire stage or all mostly in the empower stage we can make more juicy content about that that being said there are people who are struggling with the same things as you 
there are people out there who could also really use this free self-development process. Um, And the best way that we can find And the best way for those people to find us is through reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts. So if you are gaining value passively or actively from this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and a review uh, right on the bottom of the, right on the bottom of the show page, because that spreads the word about the podcast more than anything else. And if you are struggling with these things and you want these skills and tools, Someone else will too. So let's, so let's bring them into the kingdom um, and, help to, and help them find us. So let's help spread the word and bring them into our kingdom as well so that they can learn these skills too. You empower me. You empower me. And I'm really grateful for this experience. I'm really, really grateful for this platform. And I am so grateful for all of you listening. Don't forget that the Princess Ship Pathway is completely free. We have free journal prompts on the Instagram. We also have two free workshops coming up and and a huge giveaway. You can enter that... When you leave a review, you well, when you <laughs> when you leave a rating and review, you'll get an entry into that giveaway. And whenever you tag us in a post at Princess Project Podcast hashtag Living Your Royal Life, you will also get another entries. Entries are unlimited, and this giveaway is going to be building for six plus weeks, so it is going to be good. Okay, okay. Definitely will be a tiara in there. One of my favorites. Maybe even more than one. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I can't give it all away. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. And I've got to say, I applaud you for doing the work, being interested in your own self-development, self-improvement, your own education, and putting a value on your humanity. You are worth it. And you're doing the work. And that's hard. And I see you. And I appreciate you. We're going to be back next Monday with a brand new episode diving into the equip stage. And until then, go out there and live your royal life. Toodaloo!